everybody. Welcome into Hoopsville. We're actually live. Uh, a little delayed, but I appreciate you bearing with us. If you got questions for us, you can join us always on Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. You can join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also email us Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. That's Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. There's a puppy in this room somewhere as well. We just got back from Navy where broadcast went late. Tucker, what are you doing? He's trying to get into the studio closet. We don't want him in there. Uh, we're a little bit late, but we got a lot going on. What do we? Where do we? Where do we start? All right, where do we start? Right. So let's talk about who we'll have on the show because that's the most important thing here out of the gate. Uh, we'll talk to Jill Pace here literally in minutes from the Tufts women's basketball program. She'll join us to talk about the team. What do you got down there, buddy? Uh, we're gonna let him have that. Uh, we'll also have Spencer Spivey, the number from the number twenty-two Williams men's basketball team. The junior guard will talk to us about the Eves. Uh, we'll talk to Transylvania women's junior guard Madison uh, Kellyone. She'll talk to us. Hey, no ripping paper during a show. We got we got puppy ripping paper during a show. Jack Davidson from Wabash will join us. The senior guard, a prolific scorer, will talk to us about everything there is to do about the Little Giants. And of course, Sherry Hare, Baldwin women's basketball coach, Baldwin Wallace women's basketball coach, will join us on the show. I wanted to run a clip. I'll tell you now. I won't have it. Um, from her two years ago, but we'll try and find it for later to share with you about when we talked to her during uh, the, when everything got shut down last year. She was the first one that we talked to. We were doing a pre-taped segment with her uh, to air that night, and we had arranged that we would talk with her, and if the news broke, we would continue with that news as if it was live, and that's what ended up happening. So there you go. As we get ready for the Sweet 16 and Elite 8, again, if you want to talk to us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can join us on YouTube, where we're simulcasting the show. That's YouTube. Uh, dot com slash hoopsville as well there i'm sure there's somebody there who's tuned in because we usually have a few people who are there great to see you there um and of course we're also on facebook as we mentioned there's people who join us there as well thank you for tuning in everybody we really appreciate it uh, again a little bit delayed tonight not only because we started at 7 30 well, that's what we were scheduled to start because i was down in annapolis maryland for a game featuring a division three institution just not a division three program johns hopkins was at navy in women's basketball uh, and so we, uh, I was down there, women's, I'm sorry, women's across, women's across, calling that game. That is the second game or third game I've called in uh, ooh, about a little, under, a little under 24 hours. I had a women's game yesterday at McDaniel. I had a men's game at McDaniel. I'm at Navy uh, today. I, I'm supposed to be down, I think, at McDaniel Saturday for a game. By the way, I'm going to Randolph-Macon for the men's Sweet 16 tomorrow. I'm supposed to be at McDaniel for a game on Saturday. I think that game's been postponed. We got a bit, bit of a winter storm rolling through the Mid-Atlantic here on uh, Saturday. I'm not sure how that'll impact games since everybody will be at their sites, but it's impacted some other things. So it's a little bit wacky, wild, and crazy. By the way, that women's game at Navy against Hopkins went to overtime. If you're curious, Hopkins led 4 nothing six minutes into the contest. Navy battled back. They were within one goal on four separate occasions, could not get over the hump, finally got the equalizer midway through the fourth quarter, uh, Hop and then took the lead. Hopkins tied it up with a minute left. We went to overtime, and that's where Navy won it in overtime. There, good. Got it done. They can record that and take it for Navy's use later. You caught up? I think I am. Yeah. Oh, I was supposed to do dinner in there somewhere. I don't think I did tonight. Uh, Tucker's in the room. So if we hear some barking or something, forgive. I had to give him a quick walk because you cannot enter our house and have Tucker see you where he doesn't need some attention. He's a puppy. This show feels like a puppy sometimes. So there you go, folks. 
We're underway. Again, we'll talk to Jill Pace momentarily. She is on standby. We will also talk with uh, three student-athletes, which has gotten more and more fun as we do it. Uh, as we mentioned, we will talk to Spencer Spivey from Williams, Madison Kellyone from Transylvania, and Jack Davidson from Wabash. And then we'll hear from Sherry Herr from Baldwin-Wallace. We're bookending it with women's basketball coaches. I don't think there's a better way to do it. And so to waste little time, though I got to do a little bit of prep work. Hang on. We don't have all the graphics ready because it was a whirlwind just trying to get the show on while doing everything else. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. To start things off, we're not taking a commercial break. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Where is Tucker? Is he behind you? Okay. Yeah, show us Tucker. Tuck. Oh, there he is. I came back to the office after practice to spare you my dog, Georgie, who is wild and would bark the entire show, so... Apparently, I lost my audio there. Tucker has, um, he has made appearances on this show in the form of barking in the past. So he's quiet today. Family will be home later. He will run up <laughs> to join them later. But in the meantime, he's on the show tonight. Hey, first and foremost, guess who's still in the tournament? I don't know if you got the memo, but you guys still are. Congratulations. Um, let's see. We're, we're, what are we supposed to talk about tonight? Um <laughs> Kind of an interesting season. I don't want to say you flew under the radar. That's not the right word, because obviously you're at the top of the NESCAC. But I think there were a lot of questions about the NESCAC coming into the season, because we had the COVID year, which affected a lot of institutions. And NESCAC is one of those where we're all looking at the price tag going, I mean, are they really going to come back for another year? Are they really? So you guys must have had a lot of questions. So that led to the rest of the season with us all trying to understand Okay, you know, Bates is playing well. What, is, what does that mean? Bowden's got a new coach. Okay, what's going on at Tufts? And, and what's going on at... But from your perspective, what was this season like? Was it as questionable as we had it, or was it a little bit more normal than we thought it was? Uh, I think with, just with COVID, everything was questionable. We have such a young team um, not playing a season last year just with experience. So I think for me um, and our coaching staff going into it, we weren't really sure you know, what it would be like or how we would be at a team as a team. I, I, I know we would come together, but just with such a young group that wasn't as experienced as we had in, had been in the past, um, you know, with missing that year, it was, yeah, it was definitely up in the air, but I think, you know, we've come together really nicely. Maybe it, it took us a little bit longer to mesh than, than usual, given we had a full year off, but um, yeah, I think we're, we're at a great place right now. Bates threw the monkey wrench in, obviously. Um, got a win over Bowden early, and they kept it up. They got a win over Amherst, they, and they won the NESCAC title, which kind of took a little bit of the limelight away, good or, or bad, from you guys, from Amherst. So I feel like I, I know your team less than I normally do. Well, I've tuned in, but I haven't had you on the show. I've watched the game, but I've been more distracted by Bates or others. Give me a sense of, of the team this year. What's What's been working? What's been clicking? What hasn't been working that you're still working on at this point? Yeah, I think, you know, our defense has been getting better throughout the season. Um, 
we have a really solid group of players that work super hard. I know, um, you know, you've all mentioned Maggie Russell before who came back, she took a year off, um, and has come back and, you know, is averaging a double double right now. So I think it's just a, a group of players who are working really hard. And I think we're, we're still working and haven't hit our peak yet, which is exactly where you want to be at this time of year. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely been a roller coaster with COVID as it has with everyone. And, um, we've had different people step up at different moments throughout the season, which has made it, um, you know, I think better when you have a, a team that can have different people step up at different times. Um, but yeah, I think this past weekend, our, our defense is really starting to come together, which is what you like to see at this time of year, for sure. You guys, certainly the better team and, you know, circumstances you're just out outside of 600 miles so you're not traveling to christopher newport unfortunately you got to travel to amherst so yeah you're home right now that's lovely you don't technically have to head out till tomorrow right you know you can show up for the games it's an easy drive but it's at amherst there's got to be a little bit of a oh for you guys a little bit of that having to head to lafrak <laughs> oh it's fun we love lafrak no uh, you're no lying. It's, it's... <laughs> Uh, no, it is. It is great. Uh, it's great to be playing a conference opponent. I like Amherst is such a great team and, and so well coached by GP. And I think we're excited for the third challenge. Um, you know, at this point of year, every team that you're playing is going to be a great team and you have to be great teams to make it to the next round. So, um, you know, we're, we're just excited to be playing Amherst. We're fortunate that we can go tomorrow. It's, it's sort of like, you know, a regular conference, um, travel situation for us, which is really nice for our players for sure. Um, but yeah, we're really excited. Forgive me for a moment there. Uh, Tucker decided to get my really nice extension cord. It's okay. It's a chew toy. That's not yeah, good. Why not? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I don't want him chewing on it. Tuck, stop. Tuck. <laughs> We don't want that ruined, please. We need that for next weekend. Thank you. Five, five and a half year old puppy ruining the game by not even barking. Five and a half? He's not a puppy anymore, Dave. Five and a half year month. Month. Oh, month. Okay. Yeah, he's, no. he's most <laughs> certainly a puppy. Hey, so what, what do you expect from Amherst? I mean, you know Amherst. You know GP Gromacki's teams. You know, to some degree, I, I feel like when we get NESCAX together, there's an element you could over overthink this. Yeah, we, I, I mean, we know a lot. We, <laughs> we have two films and, you know, obviously recent film, we just played them, you know, it's, they grind it out defensively. It's um, you know, it's what they always do. So you got to be able to score, but I, I also think they have, you know, phenomenal offensive players. As you saw last time they played us, they shot the ball incredibly well. Um, yes, they did. So that's, that's um, you know, our defense needs to be on point as well. So I think, you know, typical, defensive um team but also playing offense really well and and sort of meshing really well at this point too so we're gonna need to lock it down defensively as well yeah it feels like Amherst is kind of this double-edged sword they're they're gonna want to grind you down they're gonna want to play defense they I swear GP doesn't like offense I just think he wants to play defense and never see the offensive side of the field or the court if he could that said they have the potential that if you want to get into an offensive slug with them that they'll take that step and suddenly they're shooting the ball and shooting it well. And now you're in, it's kind of feels like damned if you do damned if you don't you either play their game and, and slow it down, play defense, or if you go up tempo offense, they're not a, afraid of that. Is that, is that a tough team to prepare for? 
Yeah, totally. And I think for us, it's just kind of, um, you know, playing our game and sticking to what we do. Um, you know, I think they do an excellent job preparing for games. And at the end of the day, it's just about what we do and um, from an offensive and defensive standpoint. So that's sort of the approach we're taking going into this game is, is making it about us. You're technically in your second season, right? I mean, I'm saying that with the COVID year removed, you've been there three years, but yes. you're in your second year of going to the NESCAC, going to the, to the NCAA tournament. Granted, it ended a little bit abruptly uh, two years ago. To some degree, are you still trying to figure out the NESCAC? Are you still trying to figure out teams? Are you still trying to figure things out? Or are you settled? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm always going to be figuring things out. I think the NESCAC, you know, is ever-evolving. And you saw that this year with, um, you know, Bates winning the NESCAC championship. They're such a great team. Um, And it's really good for the conference to have some – you know, some parody and every, every team in the NASCAC on any night, it can, can beat any other team as we saw this year. And that's what you want as part of conference, because it prepares you for big games and, you know, the NCAA tournament where we are now. Oh, lost you, Dave. There's a mute button. You're, you're back now. Family, uh, family came to take Tucker away. <laughs> So I muted myself and then forgot to unmute. It's a crazy night, coach. You're all good. I saw the I saw the outcome 13-12 OT, huh? Yeah, no. I mean, we we didn't need an overtime game at all. <laughs> Not when I had somewhere else to be an hour away. All right. Yeah. Came from four behind, but 13-12 win. Yeah. Um, great game by the way. Are you what was I going to say? Oh, so what are you what are you expecting from this one? Are, are, and what how are you preparing? I know we talked about the defensive slug. We talked about being the potential of an offensive game. And again, this is where I wonder if sometimes the NESCACs playing the NESCACs can overthink it, that you know each other so well. Do you have to go in with a plan or do you have to go in with no plan and be ready to adapt? I guess is a better question. Uh, yeah, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, you know, we're fortunate to have two films that we, you know, already have against Amherst, yes. which is great. Um, but it's, it's sort of, you know, you, you try to take the approach that this is just like any other game. I know it's challenging because obviously it is the sweet 16. It's not like our team doesn't know that, but, um, you know, I I think from a coaching philosophy for me, it's, you approach every game the same way. Um, and, and back to what I said earlier about playing our game, I think to your point, there's going to, you're going to have to adapt no matter what in games. I think that's what you do as coaches, um, to both teams. So, you know, whatever we need to change and adjust throughout that game, we will. Um, but like I said, yeah, I think it's more about us at this point. It's, it's similar prep, but it is, it is different with the third time, you know, you got to just go out and sort of play the game too. Um, of course, they beat you guys in the NESCAC tournament. Does that drive a little extra motivation, or is that just okay? They beat us. Moving on. Yeah, I think I think we've moved on. I think you know we are using the, the this past weekend really as our motivation, and and I thought we played very well in both games. Um, and just I think that's our motivation moving forward is. Uh, taking those two games and kind of using that momentum to propel us forward. So, um, you know, it's, it's Amherst and there's always going to be, you know, that conference rivalry, but I do think it's, it's more about building off of ourselves. Can you afford to look ahead? Can you look afford to look ahead and see the top ranked team in the country, the top seed in the tournament in Christopher Newport and a really 
dark horse to some degree in Trinity, Texas, sitting in another game? Can you afford to look ahead to that? You know I don't look ahead, Dave. Yeah, I knew that. I just thought, <laughs> man, you know, I figured it was good worth try, it. Good try. <laughs> no, we're we're all about tomorrow. We uh, you know, prep is all for tomorrow, so we gotta win that one before we can think about anything else. Random question, and and I'm and I'm not trying to pick on Amherst here, and I'm not trying to say anything about the decision, but they they do have a requirement vaccine uh requirement for fans and and KN95 masks and stuff. Does that add a wrinkle for your fans? Is that an add a wrinkle for you guys logistically just to deal with what your fans might have to deal with? Granted, you guys will test and all that. That's part of the protocols. But does that cause a distraction or or is it for others to deal with? No, I don't think so. We're we're pretty used to COVID protocols at this point. Yes. Um, so it doesn't. Yeah, it is. It is what it is for us. And I think if if this year has taught us anything, it's, you know, you just got to roll with it. And um, whatever comes your way, you've got to be able to adapt and there's going to be adversity. So uh, it's totally fine with us. Um, you, interestingly enough, though, are playing with one extra challenge. Uh, you're pregnant. We, we've had many coaches on the show who are pregnant. <laughs> Uh, and talk about that. Some of them are, are going to be having the kid in the middle of the season. Some are having it at another point in time. If I if I have the note right, you're having your child uh, in about a month. At least that's the schedule. That's the schedule. How, how much has that added a dynamic to to the at least the second half of the season in terms of trying to pace yourself? No pun intended. Trying to you know do best by you, but at the same time still be there for the team. Yeah, I've been I've been really fortunate with um, my pregnancy has been pretty smooth. Uh, it's been fun. I mean, it's I think it's fun for the team. Like they've been just loving it and guessing names and, you know, oh, having guessing a names thing annoys me. <laughs> drove me nuts when we had our first. Yeah. So it, it's I've been it's been really smooth, which I've been fortunate because I I know not that's not the case for everybody. But um, yeah, it's 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 been fun. I'd almost be making up plays for the team and just giving them random kid <laughs> names just to mess with them. <laughs> All right, we're running Randolph. Yeah. <laughs> All right, time for Booster. Yeah, just throw random yeah. crap names at him and just throw them off for <laughs> completely. Well, congratulations on, on the potential birth. That's pretty awesome. Obviously, you'd love to have yeah. a, a one-on bronze trophy alongside if at all possible, what's this team going to need to do not only to get the win over Amherst, but possibly knock off either number one, Christopher Newport or a really tough um, uh, Trinity, Texas team just to get to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think just playing with tough, intense uh, defense and starting really strong games. I think that's been an emphasis for us here in the tournament is, is having strong starts and um, especially defensively. So like I said, I think, also continuing to come together as a team. One of my things as a coach, and a lot of people say it is continuing to get better every day. And I think our team really has done that in practices. Um, we're, I don't even know what number we're on. We keep track 73, I think was today practice 73. So I, I, you know, it's, it's a really long season and the fact that they have kind of taken the approach to, to still get better and, you know, in tomorrow's game to continue to get better. And if we can do that, I think um, it's going to be huge for us, but we're going to be need, need to play our best basketball, right? Like these are the best 16 teams in the country right now. And um, our team's got to be ready and focused uh, going into it, which, which I, I think they are. And they showed that last weekend. So hopefully we can keep that focus and intensity going into tomorrow. Well, congratulations on the run. Congratulations, obviously, on getting this far. 
and having that opportunity. We appreciate you bearing with us to get on the show. Uh, she, she got a frantic email at the end going, I'm on my way. Trust me. Just bear with me. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate the time and, and the insight on the team. Uh, and we wish you nothing but the best as we do all the other teams who are in the tournament. As always, though, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Uh, thanks for everything you do for us, Dave. Um, you know, rushing over tonight and doing a lot for D3 women's basketball, but also women's sports in general is is pretty awesome. And I know we all really appreciate it. So thank you. Well, thank you. I, I think I'm crazy for trying to do this tonight, but I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> uh, good luck this weekend. We'll look forward to seeing how the game plays out. We'll look forward to touching base with you down the road. And by the way, good luck with the birth. Um, I Thanks, Listen, Dave. if it's a boy, David's a great name. If it's a girl, David's a great name. I'm just saying. All right. So, David, it is. David, it is. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, if the players are getting in on this, I'm going to get on it, too. There you go. Hey, take I'll care. Let you know. I'll let you know. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Take care, Jill. Thanks, Dave. Okay. Jill Pace joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Fun to chat with her. Glad she stuck it out with us. Remember, she's a, a Bowdoin grad, so she knows the NESCAC. It's just about knowing the coaches. That's a little bit different. And uh, appreciate her finding the time to be with us. And uh, fun stuff. Uh, again, they'll take on Amherst in a game that you know arguably should have been at Christopher Newport. That said, maybe Tufts should have been swapped with somebody like Scranton, and so they wouldn't even be at Christopher Newport or playing Amherst. They'd be in a different spot. And I'm saying Scranton is one example. Um, they would be actually at Hope, which not that that's all that more difficult. They'd be taking on NYU. It's tough matches no matter what at this point in time. We'll take a break when we come back. I've already forgotten who we got coming up next because it's just been that kind of day. Uh, if you do have questions, I'll check that in a second. If you have questions, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoops so you can chat with us. Um, lots of ways to figure out how to get a hold of us. We'll look forward to hearing from you and hopefully chat with you more and more about how it's all playing out. Um, who do we have coming up? Uh, sorry, I clicked on the wrong screen. There we go. Uh, oh, yeah. Spencer Spivey. We keep it in the NESCAC. We go from the eastern side of Massachusetts to the western side, up into the northwestern corner, into the Berkshires. We'll go to Williams to talk to Spencer about his team and the challenges they have faced this year. You're listening to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com. From the NABC studios, thanks to our partners at Blue Frame Technology, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, uh, a special shout out, obviously, to get uh, Sports Sense. Or I said it wrong. It's uh, Sports Sense get back to it. I had a note here and I erased it. Um, also, we're selling t-shirts. We'll talk a little bit more about how you can buy a Hoopsville t-shirt. Maybe a special unique one coming up. Back with more after this. teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. 
the game-winning shot that gets you to the dance, a monster dunk or no-look pass, and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue to roll along, as I said in the tweet that I literally just sent out the door, we remain in the NESCAC, where our focus now switched to men's basketball. Then we head to the other state of Massachusetts. Of course, in the Sweet 16 on the men's side, Williams is looking to, well, where do I put the bracket? There it is. I just didn't call it up. That's what it was. Uh, Williams is looking to keep moving on. They're kind of going to have a, a, an interesting season, as we have uh, discussed on many occasions with a couple of COVID halts and holds, which probably had them coming into the tournament a little bit under everybody's radar to some degree. They're in what I call the W's bracket. As Wesleyan is, I'm sorry, Williams will take on Wabash. They're playing at, at Illinois Wesleyan will be taking on Wheaton. It's all about the W's, and two teams will come out with W's tomorrow night, and one will come out with a W heading to the Final Four. Wabash versus Williams is a fascinating matchup. Of course, again, taking place out at Illinois Wesleyan. To talk all about it, we decided to head to talk to Williams. Of course, we talked to Kevin App earlier this season, so we reached out and said, hey, you got a student-athlete available? They said, sure, we'll sacrifice Spencer Spivey to the show. <laughs> Again? Yeah, there we go. I don't know. My computer's acting up today, too. Join us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, the man we sent that Williams has sacrificed to the show. It is Spencer Spivey who's joining us. And we should warn you that uh, Spencer is on the free internet hookup there at the, <laughs> I believe, Hampton Inn in uh, Bloomfield. So we might get some breakup with him, but we'll stick with it. We're looking forward to it. Spencer, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And uh, you at least made it out to the Midwest safely. We did, yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, this has got to be, listen, 2019-2020, certainly crazy the way it finished. Last season, all over the place on whether you were going to play or not. And of course, NESCAC, one of the early ones to call it all off. Going into this year, probably had high expectations. And you guys have had a wacky, absolutely wacky season with a couple of shutdowns. From your perspective, are you guys just happy to still be playing, not because you're in the tournament, but because you're still playing? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, on one hand, we always sort of have the loftiest expectations for ourselves. And um, in a way, we're disappointed that we're not further yet. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, we're very grateful, you know, 
every every game we win is another week with our friends and that's kind of the attitude that we promote here and uh, that's what we're thinking right now yeah it makes sense you again you guys had two shutdowns and i don't want to dig in too deep but i am just curious of course right after christmas you're supposed to be at wnl tournament that got called off then you're going to be at a utica tournament that got called off you're going to play a suny somebody that got called off. You all of a sudden don't have games. You're supposed to play Yeshiva. No, that got called off too. <laughs> you guys are just every morning waking up wondering if you're heading even to practice at that point. So that takes a couple of weeks. Okay, fine. Done and dusted. <laughs> then we hit February and then you guys said, yeah, we're going to stop playing now too. How hard was it to go through in a span of about six weeks, two serious kind of shutdowns and, and, and I'm assuming limited of practices and no games how hard was that for everybody? Oh, uh, it was it was pretty brutal. Um, emotionally, it's very difficult to kind of get mentally ready for a game. A few times, we even kind of hopped on the bus, got you know, got ready to go. Yeah, uh, you know, you're ready to just like kill the guy next to you. You're so locked in, <laughs> um, and then of course you have to just tune it off, and then you know, switch to chill mode, academics, and we had that five or six times. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been a bit of a, a whirlwind, but in a way, it kind of has prepped us for kind of you know the craziness of the off season. We feel pretty pretty um, experienced, and we we know what to do at this time of the year with the crazy stuff. Yeah. At this point, you're like testing, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> been there, done that. The other thing there was as a as a as a result of that, you guys didn't play as many games as many did. You entered the tournament seventeen and four at 20, 21 games when most teams have played twenty five. Well, geez, they've absolutely played twenty five. They've most likely played twenty seven or twenty eight. So the teams have played six, seven, eight games more. There's a double edged sword there. There, as I've said that term a few times tonight. You you played less, so you maybe have beaten yourselves up. You've gotten some added breaks, so you're a little bit more rested. The disadvantage is you haven't played as many games or had as many practices, and thus maybe still are trying to figure some things out. What's the what's the mentality on that from your guys' perspective? Yeah, definitely a double-edged sword. I mean, um, we were playing the NESCAC tournament with, you know, ha- having not really played many close games. Um, and you know, that, that kind of hurt us maybe in late game execution or, you know, a mistake here or there, but the benefit is that we have so much gas in the tank. Um, it feels like, you know, we, we haven't played enough games yet. And so in a way that kind of just keeps us fighting and keeps us playing for the next weekend. How did the NESCAC prepare you guys or didn't it? I'm just, you played obviously a lot of NESCAC games, but you know, you had a battle in the championship game against Wesleyan. How do you think it's prepared you guys for the tournament? How do you think it's prepared you for a team like Wabash and potentially either Wheaton or Illinois Wesleyan? Yeah, um, we're kind of happy to be out of the NESCAC because we play the same team eight times <laughs> and you chase the same guys, you know, over and over. Uh, but Wabash actually especially resembles some of the teams that we play with, um, you know, high shooting guards where, you know, we need to tail them all game and um, can't lose focus on that. end. so um, it's prepared as well. And we were even saying the, the big moments of the NESCAC tournament um, kind of make the, the national tournament seem light at times. Like, I don't know, last weekend was a big moment for us, but 
in a way we kind of shrugged it off. Like we've been here before and, you know, we've had bigger games. Yeah. We should point out again, you lost to Wesleyan in overtime in the conference title game in a barn burner of a game, uh, of course at Wesleyan. Um, right. Yeah. That was at Wesleyan. Um, then you faced Newman had an easy game with that 95 57, but Stevens kind of gave you a bit of a game. Uh, there at Mount Union. I don't know if you guys were expecting Mount Union or not, but Stevens comes through and, and you get a 10-point game in there. And it's by by the relative term with Newman, it's it's a low-scoring game, 71-61. Tell me about the first, that weekend and, and the, the kind of the roller coaster that was of those two games. Yeah. Um but every every team that is in the tournament right now has you know a real talent to them and you know it's really a good team. Um so every matchup will be tough in some way. With Newman, it was their big man was just hooping on us in the first half, and then we kind of got loose. Uh, with Stevens, they had a real nice trio of guards who were kind of tenacious and real fighters, and um, it was just a bit of a bit more of a battle. And um, in that one, we were able to kind of hang on and go on a late run to put it away. But you know, we expect more battles and Wabash has damn near Steph Curry. <laughs> and, and, I was going to say, Jack Davidson like will actually uh, be on the show. Like, oh, wait, he's coming up next. Um, he'll be on the show in a moment. Tell me a little bit about trying to match up against a guy like him who's a, who's obviously a really good scorer. But on top of that, the rest of the team, because it's not just the Jack Davidson show. Yeah. Um, well, on the first, on the first hand, um, I don't think they've played a defense that is as long or has the size or the tenacity that we do. Um, and that gives us real confidence, you know, against high scores like that. Um, on the other hand, we we're all hoopers, you know, outside of, outside of the college season. We've played, you know, players much better than him. And, and so in a way it's kind of like, we've been preparing for this moment and we have the, uh, we have the meat to kind of take care of business, and that's that's what we believe. Uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself. You were on the team in 2019 that went to the Elite Eight. Didn't have as big a role, but certainly came up with some big shots. Does that give you a lot of confidence going into this? Can can it help give any perspective to the guys who haven't been in this situation before? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't say I have much experience from that moment, but one of the things I do remember is um, the importance of not getting too high or low. I remember three years ago, we played in the Sweet 16 and had a big win over Whitman. Um, and we're in the locker room just going nuts, you know, <laughs> celebrating, you know, <laughs> going crazy. And then the next day, kind of laid an egg against Christopher Newport. And uh, to win, you know, to win at this, at this stage, you have to take care of both games. So uh, maybe one of the lessons I'm picking up is if we take care of business tomorrow, stay level-headed, you know, job's not finished. we got to take care of the next one. Uh, from your coach says, really stepped up this season, giving the team anything that they need, playmaking, shooting, defense, the opponents, especially the top guard, which hint at what you might be doing tomorrow um, against Wabash. What, what is your role from your perspective, and, and how have you evolved? Uh, yeah, I think as you get older, you you have to take on more responsibilities, and that's both um, on the court and off the court. Um, 
I'm proud of the way that I've kind of stepped into more of a leadership role and, you know, vocally leading guys and, and uh, picking them up when they're down. And I'm a big believer in that you, you have to win off the court first to be a winner on the court. And uh, we've taken care of so much of that bonding and camaraderie already that when we get on the, you know, on the hardwood, it just plays out and um, we live with the results. Uh, Interesting enough, um, we go back to the COVID scenario. Of course, you were with that team. I'm kind of curious what it was like to be told, hey, by the way, we're going to give you a little bit of a, of a long spring break here. Then you'll come back. We'll finish things up. And, oh, by the way, that turned into 15 months. You know, that you're not practicing with your team. You're not with your team. You're not with your coaching staff. You're not with your friends on campus. You're not on campus. What was that experience like? Oh man, for us we had a bit, we had a time of our lives. We we were living together, we were traveling together. Um, we went on a whole world tour, <laughs> um, and that's I mean that's what we look back to when we approach games like these. It's the last two years of hard work and preparation, um, and you know, doing it for each other and training for each other. And um, even though at times you know two years can kind of make the moment seem more meaningful than it is. We also try to just, you know, take a chill pill and realize that none of this is all that important. And we're just out here having fun and playing the game. <laughs> um, so it's both, you know, yes, we've been working two years for this, but also let's go and just have fun. Well, it's gotta be tough though, at the same time to be away from the campus for 15 months when, you know, your entire lives and all of our lives are so in tune with you go to college, you go to campus, you know when your breaks are, you come back from them, you're studying it there. Now everything changes, and we'll talk a little bit about your major, and I'm curious how that all works, but what was it like just to not be on campus? Um, again, if we're living together, we're, we're having the time of our lives. We're, at times, we were in class at the beach. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, Nothing wrong uh, with that. Uh, yeah. Uh, enjoying some California sun. Um, it was, it was a pretty weird, pretty weird academic year and, and strange to uh, stay connected as a team, but coach, the coaching staff and coach app did a great job of bringing in, you know, alumni to give us advice and um, having semi-regular meetings on zoom um, just to, you know, keep up the efforts, even if we can't do it in person. We should point out you're from San Francisco, so obviously on the other coast. I am dying to know what then got you to a small little corner of Massachusetts in the Berkshire Mountains, mountains that are far smaller, uh, though just as beautiful as they are on the West Coast, but the weather is very different. <laughs> How what got what enticed you to go to Williams and play basketball for the Eves? Yeah. Uh off the bat, just the incredible legacy of being in a great academic and athletic program um, drew me to it. Um, but um, on the other hand, my my mom actually grew up just near Williamstown, so I have some family out there who who were kind of welcoming me, welcoming me with eager arms. And then the combination of that and loving the guys and loving the coaching staff made it a, a no brainer for me. Um, um, even though, even yeah, 
No, it makes sense. You know, I totally do. I, I went to school south of you for uh, prep school, so I certainly know Williams pretty well um, <laughs> and, and know that area. It's a gorgeous area. Uh, you're actually a pianist in a jazz ensemble on campus, according to a little bird who told me. And you're looking, is this correct? You, you want a career in writing musical scores for film? <laughs> That's right, yeah. That's amazing. First off, you're not that far from Tanglewood, where the Boston Pops love to perform, mm -hmm. which gets me to John Williams. It's pretty synonymous with what you want to do. Curious, and I have no idea if this is has happened or not. Have you met John Williams? Have you had an opportunity to work with those kinds of individuals yet? Or is that the hope down the road? Oh, that's the hope down the road. I mean, John Williams is the, the marquee guy. Yeah. He's kind of every film composer's number one hero. <laughs> True. Um, but it, interestingly, Williams does have many ties to the Boston Pops. Um, I've, they trained me to conduct um, the orchestra and the conductor who taught me was John Williams conductor. Um, and so you know, wow. it's not so far away, but uh, it's, it's still an arm's length. I'm still just, yeah, on you're, you're, yeah. <laughs> just a little far away, but not quite. You're the, almost. Yeah, there. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're a junior and we tweeted out senior. We gave you an extra year there. Um, so things aren't done yet, but so what, what's the process though? How do you finish off the college side of that? And how does that steer you towards what you want to do? And, and how do you hope to accomplish it? What's the first steps, I guess, is the question. Yeah. Um, some of the first steps are just building out experience, building out a repertoire and, and um, being able to create music at all genres because film music is very varied. It can be very electronic. It can be very orchestral. Yeah. It can be the random combination of like a drum and a stick or, you know, <laughs> um, and so that you build up your skills, but you also got to build up your experience and sort of network and all of that is uh, mainly in LA and Hollywood, but there's a scene in New York. Um, I'm leaning towards the West. Shocking. Can't imagine yeah. <laughs> that you want to be back West. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the process. Yeah. Hey, listen, we don't have a theme song on this show. We have been, we, we've been dying to find one for years and I just haven't had the time. Mm. If you want, I'm just saying, if you want, you're, you're welcome to come up with a little ditty and, and fire it our way. We, we, I mean, the logo is a former student athlete who created it. We'll take a musical song if you're up for oh, it. I'm up for it, yeah. All right, oh, yeah. go for it. Now, listen, we need it by tomorrow night, though. <laughs> no? No it, time. No time. No time. Okay. You got something else going on? That's right, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. We'll accept an, an extension on the project. Uh, I kid. But uh, seriously, if you did want to do it, you're more than welcome to. I'm certainly not expecting anything. You have obviously Wabash ahead of you first and foremost, and that takes Sorry. priority. So congratulations on that. Uh, good luck to the team. And and we have a tradition on the show that we always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in? Uh, my coach wanted to make sure I mentioned this, but um, I'm a real a real proponent of our an analogy for our team uh, that we're like a six headed hydra. You know, we attack you from all kinds of angles and if you if you cut off one of our tentacles you know two grow back uh so that's 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 what i want to leave you with that's kind of our our motto these days i dig it man that's that's pretty <laughs> awesome and for my kids who might be watching we're not talking about the hydra that is in marble um <laughs> that's pretty darn cool i like that analogy and, and well done coach and on prepping you for that well done 
Hey, Spencer, good luck tomorrow. Good luck uh, to the team, obviously. Good luck with your career as well. That sounds like a really cool career. I'm a pianist myself, but I could not be anywhere close to what you're trying to accomplish. <laughs> so that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Uh, take care of yourself. Thanks for the time, and we'll look forward to talking to you or the team down the road. Sounds good. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Spencer Spivey joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Fun to chat with him. That was a, that was some good stuff. Prolific scorer. Jack Davidson on one side. Spivey's not too bad either. Either's the rest of their team. Watch out for them in tomorrow's game. That's going to be a good one against Wabash. And of course, Illinois Wesleyan and Wheaton on the other side will be good too. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll head to Transylvania. We'll talk to one of the student athlete there. And then still ahead, Jack Davidson of Wabash will be on the show. You're listening to Hoops Hoops presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us to stop sexual assault in any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To to stop stop sexual sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. 
There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we continue to roll along on this evening. Hectic night as uh, we started the show a little bit late, but appreciate you all tuned in. If you'd like to chat with us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Uh, let's see. You can also join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're live simulcasting the show. We're also live simulcasting it on YouTube, youtube.com slash Hoopsville. And uh, again, email us, Hoopsville at d3sports.com. We made a slight change to our backdrop due to the request of the next uh, institution because uh, we do have their jersey and they just didn't think it was getting enough light. So I might spend the entire interview like this if nobody minds. Transylvania women playing really well. Of course, ranked number three in the top 25. And they are at home in the NCAA tournament. That is certainly important. That is a, an advantage to say, but they've earned it. And, of course, they're going to have a game against a really tough Mary Harden Baylor squad, while on the other side, Springfield will take on a really tough trying squad, meaning we're going to have a really interesting Elite Eight game because at this point, everybody is good. We talked to Julie Folks earlier this season, but figured we would talk to somebody different this time around to get an idea of what the squad is doing and how they're playing. So joining us, joining us, it's easy for me to say, joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it is... Junior guard, there she is. Junior guard from the uh, Transylvania team, it's Madison Kellyon. Kellyon? Kellyon. <laughs> oh, okay, I said Kellyon earlier. I got it right, Kellyon this time. Hey, thanks for taking the time to join us. I really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations. This is big for the program. Not only that you're to the second weekend, which I know is a big goal, but you're at home. This is outstanding, I'm sure. You guys are celebrating it to some degree. Certainly. We absolutely love playing in the Beck Center. We're really blessed to have such a nice facility and there's so much that goes on into hosting. So we're thankful that we have the capability to do that. And, you know, our team really takes pride in playing at home and many don't know, but like our senior class has never lost a home conference game. So it just fires us up even more every time we get to take the court at home. Say that again. Your senior class has not lost what? A home conference game. A home conference game. Oh, yeah, I did know that little nugget. Yeah, that's that's huge. And, of course, you want to take advantage of the home court of the Beck Center, one of the cool places to play. Um, I, obviously, home court is important. You, just, you obviously stressed why it's important. But what is it from a student-athlete's perspective? Having been a former one, I can understand it, but as being a former one, I never played in a big-time NCAA tournament game. Um, what is it about being home that is the advantage? Uh, obviously, we know the crowd. We get that. You know the rim and the floor. I mean, the days of dead spots are probably gone. But what's the advantage from your perspective on the rest of it? I think having a community support behind us that's local is so big for us. And then also, like, just the morale we have on campus this week, everyone knows we have a big game Friday. And we're making accommodations for a big crowd and, like, trying to get students here going into spring break. So we know it's going to be hard if students don't stick around, but we've made a lot of effort to get them to come. And I think we're going to have a really great turnout. Curious, are uh, you you're making sure that, um, was it, it's K- Kentucky uh, can't, you know, 
that they can't play, that everybody's got to come to your place, that uh, all the fans that want to go to a Kentucky game really should be coming to the Beck Center? How are you arranging that? I mean, Dr. Sheely's on it. <laughs> wow, dump it on others. Well done on the <laughs> microman and the uh, delegation. Well done indeed. Okay, talk about this team. Well, we'll obviously, when we talk to Coach Folks, we'll, we'll get the coach speak from her sometimes, and that's always – a good thing. We get the a uh, bit of the truth, but tell us the truth. What's this team like? How's it made up? What's it like to to be in practice with uh, with your squad? Um, you know, our team is super talented, one through five, including our bench. You know, we really don't have weak spots. We don't have weak links, nothing like that. And a big part of our team is just that we love playing together, and we're a team that likes to have fun. And there's several days we'll come into practice and we'll start practice with a game. We'll do bowling. We'll do strive for five, <laughs> a quick game to 21. And like, so it's a really good balance between fun and like the seriousness of getting down to it and like playing basketball. But the amount of like our team just loves to be together on the court, off the court, anytime we're always together. And anytime that we're on the court together, like we are so thankful for that opportunity and we make the most of it. That's cool. I, I dig the uh, you are always playing a game thing. That's pretty darn cool. Um, I'm trying to think if I can throw some game idea. I'll come up. I'll come up with a game idea. Maybe if you guys need another one down the road, we could use new ones. You need some new ones? Okay, okay. We'll come up with some. Um, what What's it like competitively for you guys in terms of? There's times I look at your squad. and I'm like, where's the challenge they faced with opponents and and you know, are they are they truly battle tested? And that's not a knock. It's just trying to understand you guys better as a squad. So, where do you guys find your tests? Are there opponents that have given you guys a tough time this year that you've learned from, or is the test really come internally to always be better? Um, I mean, I think it's both. We had a close game with Tufts, which you know we pulled out that win, and that was on their home court. So that was a really good road win for us. And then we played John Carroll at home and that was a closer game. And for both of those games, actually, we were missing a starter. And so the fact that we were able to pull those wins out is pretty impressive. And then I think also, like you said, internally, we, every game is a chance to get better. And we take every game, dissect it, see where we did good, what we could work on. And we're improving after every game. Yeah, you bring up two really good games there. And John Carroll, uh, who absolutely blew the doors off of Elizabethtown the last round. Um, and Tufts, who we just talked to their head coach just a short time ago. Obviously a really tough team. And, and you beat them at their place. That's huge. This team feels like it's been gaining confidence over a few years. Obviously COVID threw a curveball and you guys didn't play as many games last year. No tournament necessarily. But the year before that was kind of a building block. The year before that was a building block. How much have you all learned from the past and use it to this day? Um, I think because, like, I think it was four years ago that this program went to the Sweet 16 as well. And then the year after that, we lost in the first round. And, our uh, like, our juniors and seniors were here for that game. So we knew what, it, what it's like to get beat out in the first round. And we know that that was not fun at all. And – I think also we have a lot of past players that hang around this program will show up to practice and like work out with us. So they, they also know what it's like to be in those positions and they're, they're every day pushing us to be better and like helping us move past the obstacles that they got stuck at. You, you bring up an interesting point 
uh, about getting the Sweet 16. So you've been there, but I don't think you guys were at home. So there, that's a little bit of the difference here. But at the same time, you're undefeated. You know, you're one of what two teams left now that are undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one was well, the third one was Webster. It's you and Christopher Newport. That's it. You're on opposite sides of the bracket. Interestingly enough, is there extra pressure because you haven't lost this year? Is there extra pressure to remain undefeated more than just trying to move on in the tournament? I really, with our group, I don't think there is the extra pressure because we are just a group that has so much fun that we step on the court and we're taking it one game at a time. We're not thinking about the record. We're not thinking, oh, are we going to blow it? Are we going to lose a streak? That's not in our heads at all. We're there for that game only. Let's take it one step at a time. Well, that's smart. I am curious, and, and you can just laugh this off if you want. Is there something about losing a game at some point late in the season to recharge you guys or you guys? I mean, that in a generic sense, I don't mean you specifically that could be helpful or is it more important to go undefeated and, and to have that be the goal? Um, I think that you don't necessarily need that loss. Cause I think that we've had close games and we know that game could have went either way. And I think that's inspiration enough to say, look, like we, we were right there at it and we don't want to be there again. We need to make the goal to be like, don't be in the position where it could go either way. We need to have enough, a large enough lead that it's not a question. I want to talk a little bit about you and your game. Uh, you are technically a junior at Transylvania, but coach will point out that technically, technically you're a freshman <laughs> because you lost your first year due to a torn ACL, which, oh, that is rough. We'll talk about that in a second. And then obviously you got the COVID exemption from last year. So you got a little bit of, of kind of experience last year playing. Granted, the year before you got experience, sadly, watching. You get to play this year, last year a little bit. Now you're fully in and playing now. Do you feel like you're still learning a little bit as you enter this, this Sweet 16 round? Or do you feel more like a junior? Um, I think I'm definitely still learning because, I mean, this is my first NCAA tournament that I've really been a part of yeah. and it's all a new experience to me. And I mean, I know a lot from the program of like the plays we run, what defense, what coach wants from us. So in that sense, I definitely feel like a junior, but experiences are still all new. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, <laughs> Talk, talk to me about the ACL. I mean, geez, when I was a student athlete, tearing an ACL could have been a, a season, not a season ender. That could have been a career ender. The The rehab was just, the surgeries and the rehabs were just starting to become more revolutionary. I mean, you, you tear your ACL, you're out minimum a year at that time. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, the recovery is is different. What was it like to go through that? With the knowledge that an ACL tear is not the end of the world. It's it's a big deal. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the end of the world. What was that experience like? Um, I mean, it was definitely, I it was very sad. But because I tore it like within my first two weeks on campus. So I didn't get my first practice in or nothing. Huh. And it was a couple of weeks later that Coach Folks told me like, oh, I had a really good chance of even starting my freshman year. So that was like more demoralizing. Hey, while I'm down, Coach, could you just get me? <laughs> yeah. So that was definitely really hard. And I think because like when I went in for the appointment, they're like, you know, you got a long road ahead of you. This could be like nine months to a year before you're playing again. And like, I left that interview and I'm like, it's not going to be that long. Like I'm not waiting that long. (laughs) I got to get back on the court. And then 
I, I was doing really good in my rehab. And then when COVID hit, I like couldn't do PT anymore. So like my rehab got pushed back even further. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Which was also super hard, but luckily by the time like practice started last year, I was fully released, fully ready to go. Do I'm curious. I, I've I had a minor knee injury. I'd barely ever think about, do you ever think about it? Do you ever have something happen that makes you think about it or is it completely out of your head now? I think last year I was definitely more aware of it and it'd be like, if I did a quick sharp turn or something, I could feel it. But I think this year it's just out of my head. Um, Talking here with Maddie uh, Kelly on the junior guard, technically by uh, academics, freshman guard by eligibility on the Transylvania team. Uh, Coach shared with me that you are a physics and math double major with a minor. Now she wrote minor in math. I have a feeling that, are you majoring in math and minoring in math? That doesn't seem right. Major in physics and math, minor in biology. In biology. Can we go back <laughs> to her version? Because her version I can handle. You are a <laughs> physics and math double major and a minor in biology? Correct. <laughs> you understand you didn't have to make it that hard. Yeah, but I was running out of classes to take. So if I, wanted to, <laughs> I tore my ACL my freshman year. I wanted to stay four years. So Hold on. <laughs> You were running out of classes to pick and went, yeah, I'll pick up a minor or I'll pick up a major. Sure, I can go through. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Um, I'm dying to know now, what do you think you might do with this physics, math, biology mix? <laughs> I am wanting to go into medical physics. Medical what? Medical physics. <laughs> medical physics. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd heard a lot of medical terms. That one's that one's a different one. What 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 is medical physics? Um, it can really go two ways. So one pathway would kind of be like working strictly with like image the imaging side of things. So like calibrating like MRI, CT scanners, stuff like that. Gotcha. And then the other way is you kind of work more so with cancer patients and you work on their treatment plans. Fascinating. Okay. That is interesting. By the way, if you go down the MRI route, can we work on a bigger tube and a and a quieter experience? <laughs> yeah, it could definitely use some improvement. I agree. Yeah, I think I lost some hearing in 2019. <laughs> I was in the tube five times. It's just, it wasn't necessary. Um, that's fascinating, though. The different directions you could take that. Do you have any idea where you're leaning, or is it too early? Um, I think it's it's too early. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you're again, only first year in, 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 in athletics isn't the right term, but first year in, um, in playing, um, in terms of eligibility, but you're a junior in college. So an interesting question, can you, do you want to continue playing when technically you're done with your academics on the undergraduate level? Yes, I definitely want to career or finish or continue my basketball career past transy. So will it just, you'll go for a, ma- uh, a, a master's degree in something? Yeah, there's a master's in medical physics. So. Well, how appropriate. That works <laughs> out perfect. And right now your coach is doing happy dance, knowing that you'll you'll probably be coming back. Uh, quickly, I've been to Transylvania, love the place. What'd you say? I'm sorry? Transy doesn't have graduate programs, so. Oh, that's right. They don't. I was talking to one of, your co- one of the coaches there about that recently. <gasps> oh. We're going to have to start one then, I guess. I mean, let's just start one.
Might as well. <laughs> so we'll cross that bridge on where you may end up someday in your future. Um, I've been to Transylvania. Beautiful campus. Obviously, Lexington is a great place. What drew you to Transylvania? Um, definitely, it's a very high academic school, which was important to me. And that stuck out. And then also being able to compete on a high level of basketball. The two definitely combine to draw you closer. Involved in like, you know, it's a great area, like you said. And then I'm also 45 minutes from home from here. So that adds to it. That helps. So my family gets to come to games. My 81-year-old grandmother gets to come and she loves it. And it's it's a nice overall experience here. By the way, how do you say your hometown? I, I, I was looking at it earlier. Yeah, I'm not going to guess. Cynthiana. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just, a, it's the way it looks. Cynthiana. Okay. Where's that located in Kentucky? Um, I believe it's, it's like north of Paris. Okay. Very cool. Hey, listen, I got to let you go, unfortunately, because I got another guest waiting for us, but I appreciate all the time you gave us. Great little chat. Thanks so much for the insight. I now thought, now heard of medical physics and, and, uh, looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And more importantly, looking forward to seeing how it plays out tomorrow against Mary Hart and Baylor. We didn't ask you a lot about that, but I'm sure you guys expect a pretty tough team, right? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can hear that. And they're never down. They, they have comebacks built in them. So watch out for those too. Hey, thanks for the time. Uh, congratulations on what you all have done with the program. Uh, enjoy the run, no matter when it ends. And thanks for the time. We always have a tradition on the show. We give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Um, I would just say, you know, it was two years ago this year that COVID broke out in the U.S. and it actually broke out in my hometown. So we were here for the NCAA game when we found out about it. And that was super crazy, first of all. But I think after two years, seeing where we're at now at the Sweet 16, we're just so excited for this opportunity to get to play and take it as far as we can. Yeah, good point. Uh, Well said and interesting perspective. Congratulations. Enjoy it. And we'll look forward to talking to you in the program somewhere down the road. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Madison Kelly and joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Uh, she's going someplace. Uh, she's going to go places. We'll keep an eye on her. and She's going to be pretty cool to keep a track of. And congratulations. They're still undefeated. And they'll take on Mary Harden Baylor. When we come back, Jack Davidson joins us from Wabash. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. 
It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we continue to roll along. Great chats so far with some student athletes. I told everybody, if you paid attention to the beginning of the season on this show, that we were hoping to talk to more student athletes during the year. We didn't do as well as I had hoped. We did better. Um, there's so many reasons behind that. Um, sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what a student athlete going to get. Sometimes, even with coaches, you don't know where to get. But I have experience with that, so I, I'm confident with how to you know, chat with a coach and, and dig something out of them anyway. You can't always do that with student athletes. But in the last few weeks, we have just we dove in because sometimes we're talking to teams that we're seeing or talking to for a second time, so we want a different perspective. Nothing against a Kyle Brummett or a Kevin App or a Julie Folks, but we talk to you. So let's talk to the players, get their perspective. And that can, trend will continue now as we talk Wabash, the Little Giants, which, of course, one of the favorite little names out there in Division Three, are in the, are still dancing in the tournament after a tremendous first weekend. If you weren't paying attention, and I'm also reminding myself, uh, they got past Barry in what I, I was torn game because I liked both Wabash and Barry all season. That ended up being a 12-point win, but it was definitely closer than that most of the game. And then Wabash broke Emery's heart, just as Pomona Pitcher did two years ago, though in opposite ways. Wabash had to hold off against Emery, who had three shots at it in the closing seconds to tie or maybe even take the lead, including missing a dunk. Missing a dunk at the end. But Wabash still dances, and they're taking on Williams. We talked to Spencer Spivey a few moments ago, joining us on the Blue Frame Technology to talk about his team is probably one of the more prolific scorers in Division Three basketball. It is Jack Davidson. Hold on, Jack. I don't have it all ready to go to bring you in. And uh, there we go. Now we bring him in. Uh, Jack, again, thanks for taking the time to join us. We were talking off air. Uh, great to have you. Congratulations on the season. You guys literally broke through not only an NCAC that admittedly was a little bit down. We just hadn't, didn't have the usual you know, horses, as it were. But you broke through in a very tough Great Lakes region. You guys got to be proud with what you've done. Yeah, super proud of our team. Um, our goal all year was to win the conference, win the conference tournament, um, and try to make a run in the NCAA tournament. And uh, that's what we're doing right now. And hopefully we can keep it going as long as possible. Well, you got a tough test ahead of you. We'll talk about Williams in a moment. And again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, you're in what I call the W's quad. It is Wabash, Williams, Wheaton, and Illinois Wesleyan. Just take the Illinois out of there, and we got all the dubs going. Um, tell me about the experience of this season. Just getting back to playing after the COVID year, after just the wonkiness of how 2020 finished, while it didn't, the finish didn't affect you guys. Obviously, as a student athlete, it affected you. Give me an idea of what it's like to now be kind of almost back to normal in terms of the game. 
Yeah. So I actually took the year off last year. So, I mean, I missed, I missed the game a lot, missed my teammates a lot, the coaching staff. Um, so just being back with the guys, um, not only getting to play with them, but like hanging out off the court, like those are the things you miss the most. So just being back with the guys on campus, every mostly back to normal now. Um, it's been a ton of fun. Yeah, what was the decision like to, to take a year off? I, I know a number of institutions where the student-athletes chose that. I know Swarthmore, for example, nearly the entire team took the year off knowing that the game they probably weren't going to be playing. But how tough is that decision? Because I'm sure you made that decision when there were a lot of unknowns. We still didn't know if maybe we could have a season. Yeah, yeah it was incredibly tough. Um, uh, I, I went back and forth on what I was going to do for a long time. But uh, ultimately, Wabash doesn't have a uh, grad program. Yeah. So um, in the end, at the end of the day, I wanted to finish my career at Wabash um, with the guys I started it with, um, with Coach Brum, Coach Soley. Um, and the only way to do that was to take last year off um, and give myself an opportunity to finish my classes this year and, and uh, finish my career off on the court as well. Yeah, impressive decision, but uh, it certainly reaped its rewards. Uh, you, you're probably one of those players everybody watches in terms of, of what you're going to do. But more importantly, it wasn't just the Jack Davidson show. The, your, entire pro, your entire team ended up kind of evolving and getting better and, and getting to this point. Again, winning the NCAC and, and, and playing really good games throughout the season What's the season been like, and, and including the losses? What, what's, what's it taught you guys? Yeah, um, and one of the big reasons I wanted to come back is, like, we just had so much talent returning. Um, I watched guys like Tyler Watson, Kellen Schreiber, Imani Jones, all those guys improved so much um, over the years and last year when I wasn't here. Um, and I wanted to be a part of that when I came back. Um, and, you know, this year's been crazy. We had some downs at the beginning of the year, didn't start great. Um, had a home loss to Oberlin that was kind of – the turning point, so to say, is uh, in the season because we uh, kind of regrouped, um, came to practice that following Monday, and it's like we just can't let that happen again. Um, and we haven't lost since. Um, we've regrouped. Uh, we've regrouped and, and just found a way to win. Um, we've kind of dialed in on the defensive side of things, which was giving us issues early in the year. Um, that's still a side we can improve on, but um, just refocusing on those little things and finding ways we can improve every night has really been the key for us. Uh, well, John, well done dropping the names. I don't know if they uh, made sure you did that or you weren't allowed back in the locker room, but it was well done. I give you credit. Um, give me a sense. I mean, listen, Oberlin also had a tremendous season, so it's not like that loss was necessarily a, a bad one. Maybe four years ago, that's a different outcome. That's a different response. You guys are kicking yourselves for different reasons, but even they ended up kind of changing the corner. You talked about, you know, to everybody coming back and all this great talent. That's the quirk with all this, right? Because everybody either had is, is coming back. Is it got COVID exemptions or whatever? Everybody's got talent. How much tougher is that for games now? Yeah. Um, I know a lot D three hoops, Twitter talks about it a lot, but there's so many good elite players um, around the country. Um, and that makes it tough night in and night out. You have old, older, older teams across the league Um and each game is going to be a battle, and we know that. What um, is going to sound kind of dumb, but what what keeps you motivated in the game? Is it do you set yourself up with I want to get to a certain scoring threshold? Do you set yourself up to I, I'm going to have no turnovers this game? What what keeps you motivated in the game that you've been in for so long now? 
Honestly, just winning. Um, winning means everything. Um, at the end of the day, if you come away with a win, you can you can kind of look back at the game, see what you can improve on. But all that matters at the end of the day is winning, and that's what keeps you motivated. Well, that's a pretty darn good motivation. Um, I'll admit, though, when you get older, that changes a little little bit. Um, talking with Jack Davidson here. By the way, should have mentioned, if you got questions, you're always welcome to email us. Hoopsville at D3sports.com or on Twitter at D3hoopsville. Uh, Kyle Brummett, the head coach. What's it like under coach? Give us a little, give, give us a little sense of what coach is like. He's awesome, man. One of the best coaches in the business. I wouldn't want to play for anybody else. Um, just a great relationship coach. Um, on top of of how good he is, X and O wise, and all of us love him to death. And I uh, just want to give a shout out to Coach Sullivan and Coach Richter as well. They do a great job for us. Yeah, uh, Coach Brummett is certainly well loved. We we get that from everybody. Um, I'm looking at the stats, just kind of looking at what you've done over your career. Cause it's kind of fun to sometimes do that. Uh, let's see, clicked on, did I click on the right one? I think I did. Um, career stats played in 107 games. Uh, you average 34 minutes of contest. You shoot 49% on average, 46% from the three point line. Gosh, darn it. Uh, 87% from the free throw line. You average four and a half rebounds. This is for your career. Three and a half assists. By the way, it all adds up to 2,400 points and an average of 22 and a half points per contest. Those are stellar numbers. You're averaging 26 points per contest this season alone. What's the secret to your to your skill set? Um, honestly, I, I just love, love the game and I live in the gym. Um, <laughs> I try to be in the gym all the time um, and I just really enjoy it. Um, and on top of that, I have great teammates and, and a coaching staff that puts me in great positions to succeed out there. So um, a combination of those three things leads to some leads to some success. Do we have to rename Chadwick Jim to uh, Davidson Jim or something? No, I don't think so. I don't, okay. think, I don't think so. Hey, I heard the term earlier on this show, and I think others have said it. Uh, playing Wabash is like having Seth Curry on the other side of the floor. Uh, that's how they term you. Is that a compliment? I, I assume it's a compliment, but how do you take that kind of uh, knowledge that everybody thinks you're just the best out there? Um, it's humbling. And uh, I, I mean, Steph Curry is my favorite player in the NBA. So um, it's a huge compliment. Sure. Um, but that also means you get everybody's attention. I'm sure double teams are the norm. How, how do you battle that? How do you guys work around making sure to still free you up to get your 26 a night? Um, honestly, every game kind of plays out a little bit differently. Um, we kind of adjust to see how teams are playing me to start the game. Um, and Coach Soley, Coach Brum do a great job of, of putting us in sets that, that lead us to, to easy looks, whether that may be me or, or other guys. Um, but we just kind of feel out the game and then go from there. And, and teams have a lot to take away. We have a lot of options, a lot of uh, threats out there. So it's tough just to, to key in on me because then the other guys will, will start to beat you. So that's kind of our key to success. Um, well, it, it certainly takes a team to have even one guy be um, successful. We talked. To, you talked a little bit about the season. I want to go back for a moment. You started the season one and two. You got a win over center by four. You lost to Hanover by two, and you lost to Marietta by seven. And then beat Emory. Oh, by the way, you guys definitely have Emory's number. And, and started two and two. Was that a rough or a two and two? Was that that not how you guys expected? Or what? It, did it go just as expected? And you kind of knew you would take your lumps. 
We knew we had a, a real tough schedule to start the year, um, going to the Great Lakes Invitational, scheduling Marietta and Emory. Uh, but that's what we wanted to do. We had Hanover at home. It's one we thought we should have gotten, um, but they're a really good team, and they got us that night. Um, played Marietta really well. Um, they got us late. Um, and then beat Emory the next day, which was a really good bounce-back win for us. Um, so we knew it was going to be a tough schedule to start the year. Um, and I think that's helped us coming down the stretch, too, just being battle-tested, playing that tough non-conference schedule. I think that's been really big for us. Interesting enough, again, you got that win over Emory, 98-90, and then you see him again in the last round of the NCAA tournament, this time at their place. Were you able to take anything from that game earlier in the season and use it for that for that second round game, or was it really kind of throw it out the window? Everybody's different now. Yeah, both teams were definitely um, different, playing some different guys. As, I mean, as you go along, you kind of figure some things out. Um, but we took some things that we could exploit offensively against their defense. Um, we scored at will the first time we played them, and, and um, kind of kept that rolling um, when we played them last weekend. Um, and then defensively, I mean, they're, they're a tough cover. I mean, Matthew Schneer is a really, really good player for them. Um, and he gave us fits, but we did our best to throw a bunch of different things at him. Um, he still got us for 30 or something like that. So, I mean, he's a tough guard, but yeah, we definitely took some things offensively that we could exploit. Um, and, and we thought it was a good matchup for us. Tell me about the, how that game ended though. I mean, geez, what a, what a crazy finish. It almost felt like you guys were holding on by the skin of your teeth to some degree as they got shot after shot after shot at it. Just give me the experience of what that's like from your perspective. It was nuts. I mean, seven seconds felt like an eternity out there. I was just hoping for the buzzer to go off um, and, and the ball not to go through the basket. But luckily we survived. But, man, it could have gone either way. It was nuts. Yeah, that's saying it lightly. Um, that was one of the crazier finishes. We had a lot of crazy finishes. To say the least, uh, I can't. I just can't imagine. Did you? It. it I, I'm just, did the game go according to plan? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we knew it was going to be a hard fought battle. Emory's a really, really good team, um, and we played really well for probably 34 minutes, <laughs> uh, and we were up. Probably, I think we were up 14 at one point, maybe seven, eight minutes left. Yeah. Uh, they went to a 3-2 zone, and we kind of slowed our pace a little bit, which is kind of out of character for us, um, and kind of let them back in it. They made their run, and then um, Schneer made some big shots late, and obviously that last possession. So, I mean, we hung on, but um, we needed to close a little bit better down the stretch. But I thought for 34, 35 minutes, we played really, really good basketball. All right, so what do you expect from Williams here? Uh, the Eves obviously coming from a different conference and region than you guys are accustomed um, they've got multiple options. They don't necessarily have one guy you can key on. What are you guys expecting? Uh, we're expecting a really good team. Um, we know how talented they are. Um, they're big. Um, they have a, a bunch of different options. Like you said, they're pretty balanced scoring wise. Um, they've been good defensively much of the year. Um, so we expect a really good test. They're a really good team and, and we're excited for the challenge. Is this season, um, successful no matter the outcome tomorrow night? I think so. Yeah. I mean, Wabash hasn't won an NCAC title ever. Um, we did that this year, regular season and conference tournament. Um, I We hadn't made an NCAA, NCAA tournament appearance since 1998, um, and, and we've made it to the Sweet 16. 
Um, so I think it's a successful season no matter what, but um, this group's certainly not finished. Um, we have bigger goals ahead, and uh, we're ready to keep this thing rolling. By the way, what's your major? Econ major. All right. Yep. Uh, we'll get to back to that in a second. I just wanted to file that away for a moment. I, I was curious from your career perspective, win or lose tomorrow night. What are you gonna What are you gonna look back on in, in terms of your career with the Little Giants? Um, I've just appreciated every moment. Um, you really appreciate the the on court experiences, but most of all, all the all the teammates you get to share the court with. Those locker room moments. Um, those are things you'll never forget. Um, all the great friends I've had over the years. Um, my experience with my coaching staff. Um, I've loved every moment of it, and uh, I'll cherish it forever. Back to the econ major. What do you hope to do with that? Uh, we'll see, but uh, I think after uh, this year, I'm going to try to pursue a uh, professional career overseas basketball. Oh, very cool. So I want to give that a shot. Might get some uh, looks. I hope so. I hope so. I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine they would want a 26 per points per game guy at all. <laughs> Not at all. We'll see. No, just just a thought. Hey, well, I appreciate the time. Congratulations on the season. Well done. Congratulations on the career. Good luck against Williams in the uh, in the W pod. Uh, maybe we'll see you next week in Fort Wayne. I mean, that'll be nice and close for you guys. Um, if not, congratulations and uh, good luck with the future. Uh, we always have a tradition on the show. We give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Yeah, uh, just uh, thanks for having me on, Dave, and I appreciate everything you do for D3 Hoops. It's been fun to follow you for the past four years and um, years after this, so I appreciate it. Well, thank you, sir. Stay in touch. Let us know what you end up doing. We'd love to follow you along as well. Will do. Thank you. Absolutely. Jack Davidson, join us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Uh, great score, worth watching. That'll be a good game against Williams and a great pod as well. I mean, there's good games everywhere. When we come back, we'll uh, head to Baldwin-Wallace. Sherry Herrer will join us to talk about her women's program. A little apropos, we were talking to her two years ago when everything got shut down. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3 Hoops. Back with more after this. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer. At every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive you know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win so while you're cheering keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary if you see something suspicious say something to local authorities used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. 
There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us to stop sexual assault in any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue along, if you've got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Message us. You can also join us on the show there. And you can join us on YouTube where we're live simulcasting the show, youtube.com slash hoopsville. Um, great chatting so far with a number of great guests, and that certainly will continue here momentarily as two years ago, we were talking with um, Sherry Herrer in a pre-taped interview to be aired on March 12th on Hoopsville. At the time, things were kind of up in the air. We really didn't know if there was going to be games, if there weren't going to be games, if the games were going to be called off. There was a lot that we didn't know. And one of the things I asked Coach to do in this pre-taped segment was, hey, bear with me. We're going to do this normal. If we get the news in the interview, we're just going to pivot. We're not going to stop the interview and start over. You've got enough things to do. Well, lo and behold, right before the end of the interview, that is what happened. And we talked to her. Unfortunately, I don't have the audio like I hope to. We'll try and find it sometime and, and, and at least tweet it out for people to hear. Because it was an interesting moment, to say the least, uh, for both of us. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, two years later, in the round of 16 again with her Baldwin-Wallace team, it is Sherry Herrer, the head coach of the Baldwin-Wallace team, ranked number 10 in all the land. Coach, good to have you. Thanks for taking the time. 
Thanks for having me. Listen, 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 uh, just what a few uh, a few days ago. Yeah, that's Friday. Uh, yeah. at Gettysburg, um, teams playing really well. But I, I don't want to to hark on two years ago. But two years ago was tough for a lot of people, including yourself. Um, you after that interview had to go talk to your team. What was that like? What was that moment like? You know, that, that's tough. I think it's tough enough when you're an underclassman. When you're a senior, your career is now over. That, that's really hard. There were a lot of tears in that room. I am here, Coach. Sorry. Uh, trying to listen to your no, answer. Right. I got feedback, so I wanted to give you all the moment there. Um, obviously, being on the court um, or, or talking to your team about coming off the court and not playing is tough enough, but then you guys go basically two years before you get another NCAA tournament chomp at it just kind of getting everybody through that had to have been pretty rough because it's all an unknown for everybody yeah 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 last year our conference we only played conference games and we couldn't play until january 22nd or something we had a six-week regular season and then a conference tournament and that was it so even our sophomores really, 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 really only had half of a freshman year, which was better than a lot of places that didn't play at all. At all, at all, at all. It's still, it's still, it's pretty, still crazy. pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy might be, might the, be understatement, the understatement. Coach. Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say the least. I finally figured, figured out the audio. Out the audio. You can hear you better now. So I appreciate you bearing with me there. With me there. Um, um, did you did you expect to be able to be able to piece pieces together to be able to be in a position you are now? Expect, expect no, no. I really, I really didn't. didn't. We, we really, we really only, only have, have um, four, four kids, kids remaining, remaining on our on team, team signing significant, significant playing, playing time, time, time with that, that 1920 team. And so, and so, 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 so we were young kids. So we really weren't expecting. We do have Lily, uh, Lily Edwards, who when you have a really good player like her, um, you always you have always a chance. chance. But, but we did, we did not, not go, go into this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's impressive, impressive then, because you're because number, you're 10, number 10, 10 in all the in land, land in the D3.com uh, top, uh, top 25. 25. You guys, you guys are 2023 and, and 4. You have not, you have not lost, lost since, since January. January I'm sorry, I'm sorry since uh, February, uh, February 16th. 16th John Carroll currently had your number this year. I don't know if you got that twice. And I saw you last week. That's a darn good team. Well, thanks, Dave. Oh, we, we, we try to, we try to play defense. We try to bring those young kids around. And uh, again, obviously, Lily Edwards is a focal point for us. For us but we've, but got we've got enough other weapons, weapons around, around her. Hopefully, hopefully, we can continue, continue to, uh, to play to well play here. here. But, um, um, yeah, really, yeah, really proud, proud of the kids, kids because, because we, we were not expecting we were second in our league, and rightfully so. everybody from from the team two years ago should have been in the tournament then. But we're left, left out, out and, and uh, yeah, just yeah, really, really how hard, hard, hard our kids, kids work. work. Like during like COVID, COVID, you never, you never know what to expect. Back to, um, um, we really, like really like those 104 days. days we, 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 we use those, those extra days. It did a lot of players, players developed really, really How hard was that player development considering the fact that, you know, I'm sure there were other groups and you couldn't do a whole practice and all that jazz? Yeah, yeah, we call we call all group groups. We were just a few, a few kids, kids at, a at a time, and um, 
you know, you know, it's it, it great, great for the kids. For the kids. They were, they were, they were long, long days. days. So just, just, <laughs> for so, so many groups. groups. Um, but, but, but it but paid, paid off. You know, and our kids had a great work ethic. They were great, great room on their own. And they, you know, we had we had a bunch of kids say on campus this summer. You know, and when they came back in the fall, kids were better. And all credit to our players because uh, they were still hungry from two years ago. The yeah. kids that were there. <laughs> no, absolutely. And and really impressive uh, to stay hungry. Uh, I, I can't imagine as a student athlete going through all of that and, and trying to stay hungry. Real quick, back to last weekend. I saw you again. Again, you took on Salisbury in the first game, and it was 15-15 about midway through the first quarter. I want to say about six minutes into the game. And I thought, oh, you know, the scrappiness of Salisbury is going to come to play here. They're kind of going toe for toe with Ball and Wallace. Uh, something changed because – they didn't look like themselves until maybe the fourth quarter. You guys absolutely turned up the wick. I was thought I was close enough to hear the the bench talk or at least hear a timeout chat, but I didn't hear anything. What did you say to the team that suddenly changed the the equation so much? Um, I, I don't know that's anything I say. I think a lot of it has to do with our depth. And when we go to the bench, we, we've got some young kids who can who can make plays. And we, we tend to wear people down a little bit. And uh, I think that was it more than anything. They had some starters out there that got a little gassed at the end of the first quarter. And yeah. we had fresh legs in there. And we make a little run here and there when we're throwing fresh kids out there. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of been our formula all year long. To use our depth. We, we generally have been playing 12 kids every game and uh, just trying to wear people down. By the way, do you know who's going into the game? Because I was watching, and Cody Hartzler, your associate head coach, I swear was just randomly grabbing people on the bench and throwing them in the game behind <laughs> your back. No. Well, he, he does do our subbing. We talk about it ahead of time, though. We, we talk about matchups, and we talk about who on the court with who. And even during the game, he'll, he'll say, like, Izzy, Izzy or Irwin, you know, who do you, who do you want to throw out there? And, uh, but, but we do have, uh, yeah, he, he's got a whole, we, we keep track of their minutes. Kids play three or four minutes and we start looking for who needs to, who needs a break. And if they're playing well, they stay past those minutes. And if they look tired, they come out sooner. But, um, yeah, and, and, and we try to also look at what the other team's doing and keep matchups, certain matchups, um, alive for ourselves. Sure. Yeah. No, it was just funny because at times I saw you out there coaching who was over on the floor. And he's behind yep. you making two subs. I'm yep. like, well, go ahead and talk to him, coach. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's yep. two more no, coming though. They, they he, didn't hear he's you. been with us. Yeah, he he's he's great. Boy, he he's best assistant coach. Um he he just connects with the kids so well. He he understands exactly what I'm thinking and uh yeah, I trust him. I trust him to do all that stuff because he's that good. <laughs> Um, I didn't get to see the Gettysburg game. Tell me what the, you guys took advantage of to get past the bullets. Uh, it, it was pretty similar. Just kind of wore them down, made a run at the end of the first. Actually, it might have been the second. It, it seems like a month ago now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, same kind of thing in the in the third, early in the fourth. Got a bigger lead, and they came roaring back. Uh, but, but our kids hung tough and made enough plays, and um, you know, obviously they're very good defensively, and Lily Edwards was a beast again. I think she had 28, 14, um, 28 points, 14 boards, and yeah, I guess like, we need a bucket. 
Lily's a pretty good one to go to in that situation. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've got enough stops to, uh, ironically, our, our score was exactly the same in both games, 66-44 or 54. Yes, it was. I thought it was a <laughs> it typo. No, no, it, was, it ended up being the same. Um, but, yeah, we, we try to play good defense and, and keep the other team uncomfortable and then score enough points to, to overcome whatever we're going against. <laughs> well, it's working out, Coach. You're, you're into the second weekend <laughs> of the tournament yet again. You'll take on Wisconsin Oshkosh. Yeah, of course, Brad Fisher's got a tough team, but they're unranked, yep. so maybe a little bit more of an unknown. What do you, what do you think of the matchup? Oh, they're really good. They, they actually should be ranked. Uh, we spend, I think Brad said it even uh, on, on your show a couple days ago that they had COVID, some COVID issues in the middle of the year, and they'd lost some games they probably shouldn't have lost because of that. And yeah. other than that, I mean, they're, they're a top 10 team. They, they, they're really, really talented. And uh, we've got a handful with them. Is this come down to matchups? Does this come down to X's and O's? Does this come down to a lucky bounce? Uh, probably, probably all of the above. Maybe more <laughs> lucky bounce than anything. Um, sure, it, it, it's really kind of strange. We both run a lot of motion offense. Yeah, uh, they they run more of a five out, but they have some kids that can go take you down low and and score. But they also step out. They're probably more versatile than we are as far as their big uh, hitting threes. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting interesting matchup both ways. Both ways, yeah. us trying to figure out how to guard them, and them trying to figure out how they're going to guard us. Fair, no, I, I'm I'm with you there. I'm fascinated by it. By the way, John Carroll was representing well, uh, to splits Elizabethtown 156, but then lost to Trine. Surprised you? Um, yeah, I didn't think they'd get beat that badly. Yeah. I, I the, the first score didn't surprise me at all. The second one surprised me more than that because I thought they matched up pretty well with trying um john carroll is really good like uh, olivia Nagy is like yeah really really good <laughs> and um you know just a big kid she changes the game offensively and defensively but trying has a big kid as well that um you know that that we thought they could they could match up there but um trying's really good like we played trying and hope in the regular season yeah and uh, you know both those teams are just outstanding really really good teams they not only um, are really talented. They're experienced. They play great together. They just—they're not going to beat themselves. You're going to have to make plays to beat them because they aren't going to beat themselves. And obviously, against John Carroll, um, trying didn't do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, fair point. Um, yeah, John, I wasn't going to bring it up, but Hope and Trying kind of held you guys at bay. Hope beat yep. you by nearly yep. thirty. Trying beat you by nearly twenty. Can you take anything from those games moving forward? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. we we had. Uh, you know, we, we play a lot of freshmen and sophomores, and those kids had uh, had never played anything outside the league because as freshmen, so they had no idea what what to expect or what a nationally uh, national caliber team looked like. And uh, that was our second game of the year, third game of the year. We're playing Hope at Hope, so our young ones got their eyes open real quickly, <laughs> and uh, but it was good for us because now they knew. They knew what the standard was. They knew what we needed to do in practice and what it needed to look like in order to, to play at that level. How tough was it? Uh, obviously, you lost to Trine, and then you have a holiday, and you're supposed to go to Naples, Florida, and 
Yeah. Get a little sunshine, have a few basketball games, and nope. How tough was that? Yep. That was really hard. Our kids did a ton of fundraising, worked really oh. hard for that trip. And, uh, yeah, and, and ironically, only we ended up with only two players actually having COVID, more staff had, had COVID than, uh, and it was not me, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it was so hard. It was so hard, and we we had to revert back to basically um, like what we were last year in pods and stuff, just to to keep the kids busy and keep them. Um, we didn't want them going back home because more likely to get COVID. You know, get us sure. get us together, stay away from each other, and try to get our own little bubble yeah. to try to get past that. And it, it worked. It just sunk that we couldn't get those games in. Yeah. Well, if you're looking to make it up sometime, I'm listening. It's a great tournament in Las Vegas. You're always welcome. <laughs> it I might be biased, good. but love to have you. <laughs> sounds good. Hey, um, obviously, a, a little bit of a tough question, too. By all logics, this game would have been at your place. Um, <laughs> from what we heard, there was an application. There was not an application in to host, so it got ta- it got sent to Whitewater. How tough is that as a coach to know you could have had this one at home? It hurts a lot. Yeah. It hurts a lot. And I'm kicking myself because I've been around long enough to know I need to go advocate for my kids and not assume anything. And I failed to do that. And, um, yeah, so we bust up here seven and a half hours and, <laughs> you know. Um, Drive through it, Chicago, it, it that's always pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel bad for our parents. You know, parents, fans, everybody wanted to see us. We're hoping we'll be at home. And that's not the case. So we're going to make yeah. the most of it. And I've, I've learned a big lesson that I need to stay on top of that stuff. Nah, I can appreciate that. Uh, trust me, I've, I've heard that many times before. And uh, I can also understand how it doesn't happen. So, um, you know, obviously, though, you can maybe use it to your advantage here because, you know, maybe a little bit of motivation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could. I mean, it's great bonding time. The kids are having fun together. and um, You know, regardless, we're going to make the most of it. and Enjoy our time together. But you did have a tough trip to Gettysburg. It had nothing to do with Gettysburg. It had everything to do with just bad luck with weather. So you guys are a bit of – Road Warrior doesn't feel like the right, right term for you all right now. <laughs> no, yeah. In fact, uh, golly, if there's some way we get through uh, this weekend, the Pittsburgh will be our shortest trip. <laughs> Yeah, you could walk there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, listen, the only downfall this year, and this is only because I have a feeling he's listening, is you have Brendan uh, Gulick on the call for your broadcast. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> we love that guy. He's he's a good dude. He's uh yeah, he he he's super. We, no, yeah. I kid. He's a pro's we're, pro. We're, uh ten yep, years ago yep, we, we sure. got him into this mix and we're glad we did. Yep. Yep, he's as good as they come. Hey, listen, I know you got better things to do than talk to me, but I do appreciate the time you took to do so. Uh, great to see you last weekend, even if it was all for a half a moment, And but it was fun to see you guys, see the team. Good luck in your game against Oshkosh. As always, we give the coach, though, the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those tuned in? Uh, biggest thing, Dave, we just appreciate, especially on the women's side, man, all you do for D3 Hoops, and, and you give the women just as much attention as the men, and uh, – as a, as a woman's coach, we really, really appreciate that because that's uncommon. Hey, 
We love it. I, I, I love the women's game as much as the men's, and so it deserves as much attention. So thank you for those kind words. Good luck this weekend. Looking forward to watching the games and uh, talking with you somewhere down the road. Sounds good, Dave. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Sure. Sherry Harris joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Nice to chat with her. Appreciate her taking the time. That was nice uh, to catch up with her as well. well. Again, we'll try and find the audio. It was an interesting moment as we both learned the news two years ago. Uh, and then she obviously explained what it was like to tell her team. We'll take a break. When we come back, wrap up Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios. Back with more when we come back. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us to stop sexual assault in any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% will go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we continue to roll along here. Uh, really, we're wrapping up the show now as we're uh, done with our guests for the night. Great chats all around. Appreciate everybody kind of bearing with us as we got a late start to the show. Uh, thanks to once again being delayed getting back from a uh, broadcast, a lacrosse broadcast. Uh, of course, which went to overtime. That's how it always works, right? Uh, when you need to be somewhere, a uh, game. It was a great game, too. Um, so, nonetheless, uh, just heads up, I'm going to be in uh, Randolph-Macon tomorrow. 
My goal is to head out of here about noontime, be down there several hours before the first game. There's two games, 4.30 and 7.30. They set it up, I guess, thinking Randolph-Macon would, would want a split. They ended up not needing a split, but it'll be three hours nonetheless between games, which might not be a bad thing. It'll be the uh, PIs first, RPI and WPI taken to the floor at 4.30, and then at 7.30 we'll have Mass Dartmouth versus Randolph-Macon. If you remember back, I think, to our bracket show on the 28th of February on that Monday after the brackets came out. And I think I heard him say it other times. Ryan Scott thinks that Mass Dartmouth is going to give Randolph Macon a bit of a hard time here and maybe gas him enough to wear him out for Saturday. Um, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to seeing the game. Mass Dartmouth, of course, came from 19 down in the first half to come back and was down. What were they down four? I think, I think I said seven on the show. I think they were down four in the closing minute in their opening round game and had to come from behind in their second game. randolph Macon's a different test, but I'm looking forward to it after everybody's had time um, to kind of figure things out. So we'll see how it all plays out, but that'll be fun. Um, did get a question and we just sent out a request for questions. By the way, you got a chance here. We're going to be on for a few more minutes. If you want to tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville or email us Hoopsville at D3sports.com or Facebook us, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Lots of ways you can do it. Um, let's see here. Question in your opinion for women's basketball, which division is tougher? Well, which conference is what they meant? Uh, Wyack or New Mac? Uh, Wyack. Yeah. WIAC is definitely tougher than the New Mac. Um, it's deeper, plain and simple. Uh, the Wyack is a deeper conference than the New Mac. Uh, New Mac's got some tough opponents. I mean, Smith's not there without having to battle Springfield and they're not there without having to battle, um, Babson and Coast Guard can certainly put up a fight. But after that, it kind of tails off in the new Mac. Um, uh, just for giggles, let me call up the new Mac standings. Uh, da, 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 that's region number two. I've gotten that memorized finally. Uh, but the new Mac had Smith at 25 and two, Babson at 20 and eight, and Springfield at 24 and four. WPI was strong at 19 and five. But then it's a steep drop off after that. MIT was 12 and 10 this season, Coast Guard was 13 and 11. Emerson and Wheaton only had eight wins. Clark only had eight wins, but just one in conference. Uh, Wellesley had three wins and Mount Holyoke had two wins. But you look at the WIAC conference in the meantime, and it's a beast. It always is. Um, I'm just calling it up so I remember it. You know, we got distracted with Whitewater seemingly walking away with things at 25 and four. They ended up stumbling a couple times late in the season and were 12 and two. In conference, those two losses in conference came in, in three games against Oshkosh and Eau Claire. They went back-to-back -back with Oshkosh on the 16th and 23rd and split with them and then lost to Eau Claire at the end of that. Uh, actually, that was the conference tournament. I apologize. They played Oshkosh to finish the regular season, then played Oshkosh in the tournament and beat them and then lost to Eau Claire. Eau Claire was good this year. Oshkosh is, you just heard Sherry Herrer state that she thinks that's a top 10 team that because of some losses isn't getting the attention. Now, Stout has 13 wins. Lacrosse has 14 wins. Stephen Point has 11 wins. River Falls has 12 wins. And Platteville has 10. But that's it. Nobody has less than 10 wins overall this season. And all of those teams are tough. Stephen's Point is always a tough program. Um, you can never count them out. And these other programs are tough, even if they don't look it. So, yeah. No, Wax tougher than the New Mac, to be honest. Um, I know as a new Mac fan may not like that, but that is what it is. Um, but thanks for the question. It's a good one. Uh, especially when you're trying to get an appreciation of something somewhere else. Um, 
I just saw a tweet that says of the teams in the in in the men's Sweet 16, how many have no fifth year seniors? Apparently, Illinois Wesleyan has none. I kind of remember that. Um, he Bob Quillman's tweeting this out. He says, "I'm guessing most have uh, of the 16 have five year guys." Ryan Scott says, "I don't think Stockton has any. I think he's right. I don't think they have any either because they're planning on having every single one of those guys back next year. So there's a handful of teams." that don't have fifth years. And that's the interesting dynamic of this tournament this year uh, for both men and women um, across the board. So um, good stuff. That's an interesting perspective, certainly. An interesting question. Um, just kind of scan- scanning through the hashtag D3Hoops, see if there's anything else that jumps out that maybe people are doing. Um, trying to see. By the way, there's great articles on d3hoops.com. If you have not checked that out, I highly encourage you do. Uh, our writers are doing a, a fabulous job. Um, there's a great story about Luke Morrison, um, who, remember, started at Calvin, then transferred to Emory. Uh, thought his career had ended at Emory, but then came back to Calvin, where it all started, and is playing a big job. Riley Zayas uh, with a great article there. Um uh, Brian Lester wrote one about Milliken and the, their women's team and how well they're doing. Uh, our road to Fort Wayne also includes Joe Sager's article about Case Western. It's a terrific one to read. Um, we also talked about Christopher Newport. Joe Sager wrote a great article about them on the women's side, I should say. And Ryan Scott wrote a great one about RPI. Good stuff on the front page. Not only with Hoopsville is there as well. Give it a check. It is worth a good... It, trust me, you learn more about D3 teams. You learn more about these players. You learn more about the programs and the matchups and all that. Those are some really great articles, and it's worth your time. Uh, and and the guys write stuff really well, too. So, um, really good. Please check out D3Hoops.com. And, of course, it'll continue next week as well. Speaking of which, we'll be on the air Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern time, with basically a preview. I'm not sure what we're going to do next week. Uh, at this time, Thursday won't have a show. And the reason I say that is because um, I'm not sure when I'm getting to Fort Wayne. Uh, it's up in the air. Right now, it looks like I won't be arriving until Thursday, and it may be late. Um, it's a long drive. It's about eight and a half hours, maybe nine, depending on on circumstances. And I am driving. Uh, Ryan Scott's just a little bit northeast of me, and he's flying. He's probably a little smarter than I am. Um, but I am driving. Um, but I could get there Wednesday. Maybe we do an audio show Thursday at the last minute. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll... We'll grab some gear and see if we can do that. Probably very little video side to that, but we'll see. Um, we're not going to do any Hoopsville pregame shows this year, just a heads up. Um, there's a long story behind that, but I'll be on the call for the semifinals with Brendan Gulick on the men's side. And then uh, those are Friday and Saturday next week, 5, 5 o'clock and 7.30 on the semifinals, 6 o'clock on the championship, which means the All-Star game takes place at 3 o'clock, and I don't have any information as to how you can see that all-star game at this time. Uh, but congratulations, uh, Jack Nolan. And who was the other? Uh, where is it? Jack Nolan and Brian. Uh, I forgot where Brian played. Sorry, I'm calling up the article. I apologize. I should know Brian. Uh, Sean Bryans. That's right. Sean Bryan from Salem State. They won the uh, fan vote on D3Hoops.com and are into the uh, all-star game, which will take place on uh, Saturday. By the way, the women's schedule, they will play their semis Thursday and their championship Saturday. The reason for that, it turns out, and I didn't have the full story until recently, was they were supposed to go back-to-back Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday, I'm sorry. 
supposed to go back Friday, Saturday, back to back. When CBS announced that they're going to have the game at two o'clock, remember CBS for the first time on uh, for Division Three is having a having the game on their air, and Division Three is paying for that for the record. Um, when that was decided, the committee felt it wasn't fair to play evening games because of facility use and all these other things that are going on in Pittsburgh with D one in town. Didn't feel it was fair to the teams to play evening games and then turn around for a two o'clock championship. So they got special dispensation basically to move back the semifinals to Thursday. And that's why we have it as it is. So um, just FYI, in case you're curious, because I I know you were, right? You're totally curious about all that. There will not be an all-star game from what I am told for the women. There will be a, an all-star team announced. It just won't be played. Um, I've heard a couple of reasons for that. One, the hotel situation in Pittsburgh because Division One is there. I also heard that some other things fell through that affected the ability for that game to be played. We hope it will return next year. This will be the third straight year that they've announced an all-star team but not played it, obviously in 2020 because of COVID, 2021 because there was no championship tournament, um, and then this year. So women are not having an all-star game, but they will announce a roster nonetheless. So unfortunate. Um, but we hope to see it back next year. I, I think there's there are signs from what I've been told um, of a better year for next year for that All-Star game and for women's basketball in general. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to wrap it up. I don't see any more questions popping into our system. Uh, so I think we'll uh, call it a day as it were. Again, we'll be back on the air Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern time. We will try and do our best to get as many guests on as we can within reason. Obviously, we've talked to a number of programs, so we'll see who punches our tickets and who needs to be chatted with ahead of Pittsburgh and Fort Wayne, and we'll have a better idea of what we're doing in Fort Wayne as well with our coverage. A reminder, then we'll be back on the other following Monday to wrap up the championship games. That will be our, unless something changes, that a week from Monday will be our final video show and basically the season finale of our normal coverage on Hoopsville. We will then transition during the month of April to podcasts and our goal as it has been for several years, but we hope to, to be better at it is to have a monthly podcast at the very least, if not a little bit more, depending on conversations and whatnot. So look for that ahead. Um, really want to thank everybody who came on the show and also were adaptable to our kind of ever changing schedule due to the, to my other work, uh, Jill Pace, especially as she was the first one out of the gate and knew she had to wait for me. But Jill Pace from Tufts, appreciate her coming on. Spencer Spivey, who on our page is spelled wrong. We'll fix that for Williams. Madison Kellen from Transylvania. Jack Davidson from Wabash. And Sherry Herrer for Baldwin Wallace. I also want to thank all the SIDs who helped me do, uh, put this together. Mary Von Cronenberger from Baldwin Wallace. Love the last name, just for the record. Uh, terrific help from her. Of course, Brent Harris at Wabash, good friend of the show. Really appreciate his assistance. Uh, Paul Sweeney at Tufts, really helping us out. That was wonderful. Transylvania, Justin Sweeney has left as sports information director, so they have a couple assistants, and Isaiah Sparks was able to help us out with a few things. I appreciate his assistance with that. I think that's all of them. Am I right? Oh, Dick Quinn, of course, at Williams. I want to thank Dick for his uh, assistance as well, sending us some images and whatnot. So there you go, folks. We are done for another show. And we'll be back on the air Monday. Log on to D3Hoops.com, not only for those articles, but you'll also be able to get a chance to uh, learn more 
about, um, well, you'll get to see scoreboards for tomorrow. Uh, we got all the scores, links to live videos, links to live stats. We'll have all of that available for you on Friday and Saturday. So go to d3hoops.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag D3Hoops for your um, basketball coverage, but also follow at D3Hoops and at D3Hoops. So we'll cover the tournament the best we can. Again, I'll be down at Randolph-Macon. I'm going to be leaving around noon here to get down there. And I'm probably driving back. So it's going to be like a 12-hour day for me. That's at least the plan as of now. Looking forward to it. And uh, looking forward to seeing some good games uh, on a weekend that two years ago, we all had plans to go see games. And we all were left kind of holding the bag, as it were. So it'll be a little bit bittersweet considering um, Saturday, the games, the round of eight, will be marked the two-year anniversary from when things basically were called off. So enjoy the games, whether you're watching online or you can get to a game, please do so. And uh, root on these student athletes and whatnot. And with that, we wrap up the show. Thank you all tuned in. I want to thank our supporters, of course, d3hoops.com for uh, hosting the show. I also want to thank Blue Frame Technology for their Team One Sports app. They've been terrific. We love using them. You can watch us on the big screen thanks to Team One Sports. You can watch it on Android TV, Apple TV, Roku TV, and did I forget? I did forget one. Apple TV, Amazon, Android, and Roku. Those are the four. I also want to thank uh, our partners at the WBCA, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, looking to strengthen and, and build that for the future. And, of course, huge shout-out to the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Great to get together with them often, and we look forward to uh, getting together with them on future projects down the road. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Really appreciate it. We'll see you back here on Monday as we wrap up the second weekend of the tournament and look ahead at Championship Weekend.